We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Welcome into the Wednesday edition of the Pack a Day podcast. I'm Steve Perich, joined as always by Sarah Kelleher, Dusty Evely. Guys, the team is back together. It just feels right. There's a Packers victory, albeit. A questionable victory, <laughs> but we are all back together. Uh, Sarah's Sarah's here. Dusty's here. Uh, it's been a couple of weeks since the crew has been back, but Dusty, how you doing, man? As you can probably tell from my voice, uh, struggling a bit. Uh, mm-hmm. I, as I was telling everyone uh, before we started recording, my son had been sick for about three weeks and then spent the past couple of weeks uh, wake up to like 3 a.m. with him in my bed coughing in my face so those chickens have finally come home to roost i'm coming out of a bit but yeah my, my voice is uh clearly not great uh but yeah yeah i'm i'm, I'm missed you guys the past few weeks i'm glad to be back uh hanging out with you guys yeah clearly clearly sarah is not a parent because she doesn't she didn't understand that, that concept of the chickens have come home to roost for <laughs> the kid coughing in your face we're just like oh, yep, he, that's about he, right it's like he came right. home from a school and i was like it's almost like you set a timer on your phone You're like how long until this comes back to me like eventually <laughs> this will how long will it take and it took until two days before christmas but it did finally hit <laughs> sarah how you doing I'm good. Glad we're all back together, uh, especially so that the two of us can stop jinxing the Packers. Um, although hey, they won. We, they won. we did okay this week. I was a little nervous, you know, at the end there. I was thinking, oh my gosh, yeah. did we do this again? But but we survived, um, thankfully. But no, great to have us all back together, uh, especially after Christmas and last podcast together of the year. So that will be exciting. Um, and I know that it could definitely be an interesting few weeks to end, to end the season here. I'm, I'm kind of curious just to see how it all plays out. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a, f- I don't know. No, it wasn't a fun game. game. No, 
In the beginning, it was. It was, it was like a really fun, high. like three quarters, and then just yeah. like just, just hanging out for dear life for one. Pretty much, and then it was like it, it felt like it just felt like a Joe Barry game. That's what it felt like. Like all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the offense just stopped going, and then the defense just was so pass passive aggressive is not the word, but like it just felt like Joe Barry was like meh. Let's see what let's see what Bryce Young can do against a prevent defense. This will be fun. Let, let's test the young kid, and uh, yeah, he started doing some things. So, eh, what did you guys think? So, Sarah, we'll start with you, but just some reactions from the game, um, some good, some bad, whatever you got. Yeah, I mean, was it fun? Like you said, no. Would I have hoped for better? Sure, but a win is a win. So at the end of the day, the Packers have that going for them. And again, it really, you know, if they win out, it seems like they are probably going to make the playoffs. And so right now their destiny really is still in their hands. Um, So overall, you know, with the end result, I'm pleased. As far as specifics, I thought it was another good showing from Jordan Love continued to do a lot with a little great to see Aaron Jones involved when he wasn't missing. Uh, So that was awesome to see. Um, But just again, a continued struggle with the defense. Jarrier Alexander did not look good at all Uh, in his first game back. They, it seemed like they were even bullying him for a few plays there in the second half. And um, it, like you said, Steve, they were just so passive on defense. It was really boring. Um, And just it, you know, it, there was just nothing there. There was no spark, no urgency. And I get that for much of the game, they were controlling the game, but that was the team that you can dominate. That's a team that you can, you know, kind of make a statement and say, we're going to win. We're going to put this team away early and just completely control the game. And they couldn't do that. I mean, it came down to the wire um, and it, it's just really sad. Uh, but again, at the end, as frustrated as I am, it's a win, so I don't want to dwell on it too much. But, you know, it makes me nervous for what Justin Jefferson could do against the Packers this weekend. I thought it was a perfect game. I thought it was a perfect game. <laughs> Shut for, up. For, Shut for up. He's couple, back, guys. He's back. Listen, listen, a couple very big reasons. Okay, for starters, we as Sarah mentioned, we continue to see good stuff from Jordan Love. I thought he played very well. The stats were not necessarily there. We went for 17 for 28, 219 yards. Like, oh, it's a the conservative game plan. Uh, they had some drops in there, mixed in there as well. I know Tucker Craft had a big one on a third down, and I feel like one hit off Dobbs' hands at some point, like a second down, down like inside their own 10, maybe to start off the second half. So he had some drops, but I mean, still shows poise and command. He's been look, look great against the Blitz. That continued uh, this week as well. You had a big Aaron Jones game. You had Jones, I'm looking at now, 21 carries, three targets. That's 24 opportunities. That's what you want out of Aaron Jones. Honestly, maybe a tick too high on the carries. I could have gone with a couple a couple fewer carries, and then you bury it, balance it out with a few more targets in there as well. So you can't say, well, they didn't really use Aaron Jones because, buddy, they used Aaron Jones. We saw uh, we saw Tucker Craft continue to do really good stuff, both in the run game and the pass game. He's becoming a really nice target for them. He's been doing some really good stuff. Wicks, before he went out, had that really nice adjustment on the touchdown catch there. Like You get all of these moments where like they're clicking, Growing together, Zach Tom looked great again. I mean, you've got all of these, like, everything's looking good on the offense. You want to see progress on the offense, progress looks good on the offense. My fear coming into the stretch of three games is going to be like, we're going to see the offense is going to be doing what the offense is doing, which is either going to be like, 
be fine to good is what I was hoping for. And they're playing such terrible offenses. The defenses will look bad. And then they will talk themselves into, you know, very really turned it on at the end of this past year. Should we give them another year? <laughs> but you, now you can't do that. We saw progress and we saw performance. We saw Jones being Jones. And then we also saw Joe Barry be Joe Barry and make Bryce Young like look like an actual legitimate quarterback, which he's not shown yet. And that's even with him overthrowing guys by 10 yards early in the game. Multiple so times. We get, multiple times. So we get all of that, man. We got a win on Christmas Eve. Win on Christmas Eve. Good showing from the offense. And the defense looking like an absolute disaster pointing back <laughs> to the defensive coordinator. Honestly, I couldn't have asked for anything better. <laughs> I mean, nail biting at the end. Absolutely nail biting at the end. I the smile on your face as you're saying that. <laughs> it's just... That was like, listen, as soon as that clock hit zero and it was like clear, like, okay, like they're not going to play another playoff that actually is zero. I was like, ah, perfect. All right, man. They got the win. I'm happy. The defense looked terrible and the offense looked good. Let's we're good. We're good, man. Let's go. So yeah, I'm, I love that. It. Uh, to be, to be <laughs> fair, like that was kind of the reaction, both my brother, my oldest brother and I had while we were watching the game at my parents' house. It was like, I mean, the the whole, like, you can't fire Joe Barry thing is kind of gone now, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you just made Bryce Young look good. He's looked like trash the whole year. Like, even if the they have decent year. showings against the Vikings and the Bears, Doesn't you can point back to it this It should one. not matter. We gave up 30 to Bryce Young. Like, that's the <laughs> kicker right there. It should not matter. I mean, he's not the NFC Offensive Player of the Week, but man, he's probably he was probably in consideration. <laughs> he was yeah, a probably he got he a lot a of finalist. first place votes. <laughs> Absolutely, there's a couple of first place votes for him there. So, yeah. You guys want to hear a fun Joe Barry stat? I'd love it. I was that. That's exactly what I'm leading into. So, hell yeah, let's do it. All right. So, according to PFF Steve, five quarterbacks have had their best PFF grades of the season against the Packers. All right. Bryce Young is one of them. The others, Justin Herbert, Baker Mayfield, Kirk Cousins, and Tommy DeVito. Let's go. Oh. Let's go. <laughs> they got they were they were so bad against Tommy, Tommy DeVito. Cutlets? They got him to raise his <laughs> rates when he his, his appearance good. rates. He got to raise his rates because he killed Joe Barry. <laughs> that's that's how bad. I had to listen to Tommy Cutlet's agent on a podcast the other day because <laughs> That's the level that Joe Barry let this get to. <laughs> the whole time you're just shaking your head like, oh. Joe Barry, how could you? How could you? <laughs> I still love – I don't know if you guys saw it, but this this made me laugh because it's like both extremes of the world of like, you know, uh, Tommy DeVito is, is obviously praised for being like Italian-American dude. Like that, that was his thing, Tommy Cutlets. And then now he had an ad with like Rouse um, – Italian uh, pasta sauce. And so everybody was just giving him crap left and right because they're like, oh, you're an Italian and you're you you're using bottled uh, pasta sauce. Really? <laughs> really? You, yeah, you just lost your Italian card. So <laughs> that one, I don't know, for whatever reason, that totally made me laugh. But I was like, dude, if they're giving you 10, 20, $30,000 for that, yeah, you're doing it. You're doing it. As a rookie backup quarterback that somehow – made a name for yourself for sure yeah he's now benched like get uh, that money while you can buddy yep yeah oh for sure every every last dollar every last dollar but uh guys let's let's talk joe barry because we did it last week dusty you're back now so we'll start with you 
hearing what your thoughts are. Um, I mean, I feel like Sarah and I were pretty adamant <laughs> and this isn't going to make this last week isn't going to make it better, but let's start with you and then we'll kind of round robin this thing and see what your thoughts are. Uh, Joe Barry is bad and he should feel bad. I mean, that's, that's the thoughts, right? Like he is, he is not good. Um, he is bad. He should have been fired. And this is, I'm, I, I was thinking about this. Like there's a human element, to all this stuff. Like I don't, <sighs> I don't think Matt LaFleur should have bashed Joe Barry and then fired him on Christmas Eve. That feels like unnecessarily cruel, but he should have done it two weeks before Christmas. Like, I think at this point uh, they're playing out the string. I feel like I don't, I don't think we We still know about the contract, right? Like the thought is it was a three-year contract. This is Barry's last year. It's they're doing, give him the patent treatment. He's going to walk out the door. And they're not going to offer him another, another contract. If, this is the end of Joe Barry's tenure. If it was a three-year contract and they offer him another contract, everyone involved in that decision needs to be fired. Like I love Matt LaFleur. Everyone involved needs to be fired. I don't think he's coming back at this point. I think they're playing out the string. Although I think they should fire him like now, like immediately now. Um, He tried some new stuff this past week, uh, which is good. That's fine. I enjoy that. It's still not well coached. Um, The good people, there's still, there's like a delay, uh, when, when people are doing, yeah, it seems like the, like you're like installing stuff for the sake of installing stuff. Like, well, this is new. Like, check this out. But like, no one's really sure what they're supposed to be doing. So there's this delay in like thought process in terms of when they're supposed to break, where the coverages are, what the assignments are, where the pass offs are, stuff like that. So I, I appreciate trying something new and not doing the same old stuff. But at the same time, like, it still doesn't seem like it's being taught very well. So um, I am of the mind like he he should have been like, oh, I mean. Before he shouldn't have come into this year, but even this year, I know there's been chatter about like it's tough to fire a coach midseason. It's tough to fire a coordinator at the end of the season. That's not. It's actually no. quite easy. And then if it doesn't go well, that's fine. Like then you got you got. I mean, two weeks you left. look at you look at what the Bills did on offense. They yeah. fired their offensive coordinator, and it, it was much maligned. It was questioned. They're like, "What are they doing?" And all of a sudden, the Bills were starting to click again. Like it's a new voice in the, in the room. It's a new voice to, you know, a new program. Like Sarah and I talked about this last week. These players are clearly not bought in anymore. They don't believe in his system. They don't think it's effective. Like they're going to go out and do their thing, but man, this is, it's tough to watch, but Sarah, any new thoughts from you after this week? No. Not <laughs> it's the same like you said if anything if there was one positive takeaway on the defensive side of things for the Packers against the Panthers it was that the fire Joe Barry crowd got a little bit stronger that's it yeah, yeah. and as much as I I love I, I like Matt LaFleur as a coach I really do and we talked about this last week as well. He came from Schneidman. He's like, this is starting to become a reflection on Matt LaFleur. And so the more this happens, and if the Vikings with whatever quarterback that they choose to start put up 25, 30 points, and you go in and like, let's say that, let's say that the Packers win. Let's say they win like again, 33-30. This is that's an indictment again on Matt LaFleur of you can't recognize what is going on. You are the whole goal of this season was to learn what you had with Jordan Love. You figured that out. You figured out you've got a guy, you've got a guy at least that's worth investing in. 
And now you are actively like hurting yourself by employing this guy, this defensive coordinator. So it's going to be really, really fascinating to see how this all goes down. Um, we will jump into a couple of news and notes before we even go into the Packers Vikings game. Uh, a couple of things just off the Viking side of the ball. We've got uh, TJ Hawkinson, which is the uh, Pro Bowl, I believe Pro Bowl, not all pro, right? Pro Bowl not tight end. Pro. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, torn ACL and MCL, which just sucks. That stinks. Yeah. That's, Especially this uh, late in the season. No. Yeah. So basically, you can pretty much kiss next year gone for him, um, which really, really sucks. He's a really talented tight end. So uh, that and then with the way that uh, Mullins played last week, they haven't named a starter yet. They don't know who's going to be their starter. Uh, Dusty, who's their who's their backup? Jaron Hall, 25-year-old rookie out of BYU. I feel like I if it was preseason or regular season game that we saw snippets of him like he looks like he was um he, Zach Wilson's backup. If I'm he not mistaken. played a little, he played. I know he played a little in the after Kirk got hurt, but then he got hurt really quickly. Yeah, if I remember right. yeah, correctly, he did. yeah, I think you're right. And then they they you know went through a slew of other ones, you know. Um, so that'll that'll it'll be fascinating to see how that kind of goes. But we're gonna jump right in, guys. This is the Packers Vikings, so always fun and. Um, Sarah, we'll start with you, but it's the one thing you're looking for on offense from the Packers versus their defense. Yeah, so when I was researching and prepping for this week, uh, came across a piece in the Vikings wire, um, and they they talked about just the uniqueness of uh, Minnesota's defense. They said that pro football focus clustered every defense from the past five years to find schematic similarities and differences between uh, you know, the hundreds and hun- hundreds of variations and found that the 2023 Vikings defense was the furthest away from any other in the study. So people are claiming, and according to this research, that it is the most unique defense in the NFL in the past five seasons. Um, and, you know, looking a little more into that, they run a lot of cover zero, cover two. And so the to me, that signals that execution from the Packers offense and from Jordan Love really needs to be as perfect as possible this week. Um, that the line, you know, there needs to be clean protection. Jordan Love needs to find his targets quickly. The young rookie wide receivers need to make catches. No room for error, especially in a, a game where, you know, you continue to win and you control your own destiny. Um, so I'm just looking for execution on offense. And I think it's something we've seen improve throughout the year, but every now and then it kind of goes up and down. Um, but you know, this is a tough environment going to Minnesota primetime game. Um, your life is on the line and knowing that their defense likes to pressure a lot, uh, just really need to make sure that everything is clean, that the execution is there. Uh, so that's what I'll be looking for on offense this week. Yeah, and for me, I mean, I get a chance to pull up a bunch of stats, but, I mean, it, it, it comes down, yeah, once again, to some of the Flores stuff. He loves to blitz, man. Like, of all the stuff he likes to do, and they will run, as Sarah mentioned, they will run a bunch of different stuff. They'll run it a bunch of different ways. Blitzing is foundationally who he is and what he wants to do. I was just looking up some of the blitz stuff. Um, the Vikings are charted with four, 568 blitz defensive blitz snaps on the year. Uh, number two is Tampa Bay with 426. Uh, they are far and away, and they have been all season, the most blitz-heavy team. Uh, uh, 
in the NFL, and it's been that way. So no matter what else they're going to do, they'll show some fakes up front. They'll disguise stuff on the back end. They will blitz, uh, and then they, but they'll also, as Sarah mentioned, they'll drop eight as well, uh, which makes it tough because then your clock is sped up, and now they're calling on your throwing lanes. Um, and one thing I've seen from Love as the season's gone on, his numbers against the blitz have been terrific. Um, and one of the ways that he's done that has been, I know his A dot has been lowered. It's something I've been looking at pretty much every week this season is just what he's been doing. And early in the season, I think his A dot was like, uh, which A dot would be average depth of target. When teams would bring a blitz, his average depth of target was like 11 yards. He was just hucking. Like, guys are coming. Who's my one on one? I'm taking that. As the season's gone on, his A dot's been more along the lines of like, six and a half five and a half which is check for the answers look for the answers like you know where your hots are you know where you're going with the ball which would lead to a lot of some quick hitters uh tucker craft that's where tucker craft has, has really grown in his passing game is finding those spots against the blitz uh and but he's also been very good love's been a very good when they fake out when they have that sim pressure and they and they uh they back out he'll look for his quick but then if he sees those guys drop and he knows he has time so he's been very good against blitz and then also knowing when a team is dropping out knowing he has a little more time to find that stuff so i mean for me if it's one thing it's it's what is how does love look against the blitz and what's tucker graph's involved involvement in that because like i said love's been good and craft they had a lot of trouble early everyone did really against blitzes with hot reads and finding space and where to sit and all of that stuff guys running full routes when you should be sitting down everyone's been getting better and like tucker craft had a couple really nice moments this past week we just Clearly caught off a route, sat in space, found, you know, faded away from the zone, away from his man, whoever it was, and did that. So that, that's one thing I'm looking at is well, how does Jordan Love look? And then what is, uh, yeah, how does Kraft work against that as well? Well, in true uh, Wednesday Packaday concepts, um, you stole my answer. I was, uh, what Jordan. Hey, welcome back um, to me. And all right. Exactly. It's normally Sarah that does it, but hey, you know, if you can go into, and clearly you went slightly more in depth than I would have gone. Uh, but no, I would, it was since, since we know that the Vikings blitz roughly about four, uh, 54% of the time. Yeah. That's exactly what I'm looking forward to watch is what Jordan Love does off of that because he's been doing well. Like he's been, like you said, he, you know, getting the ball out to the running back or finding the hot read or whatever he's been doing. But he's very good about making quick decisions. And so with this team that blitzes the most in the NFL, yeah, absolutely. That's that's going to be one of the biggest focal points that we can that I'm looking for in this game as well. So. All right, guys, let's do some questions. We got uh, (laughs) a – I called for uh, Joe Barry questions, and then I joked and said, no, I want your Packer questions. And then I think we got like 95% Joe Barry questions. So this one's on me, but still some good stuff that we got. So uh, first one, Ray Dempster uh, wants to know, Mike Zimmer is to Jordan Love what Dom Capers is to Aaron Rodgers, i.e. early career Super Bowl win. Yes or no? Sarah, what do you think? Probably not. No, <laughs> um, I I just don't see that happening. Um, which is, and you no, know, could I see Jordan Love doing that one day? I hope, but do I see that as his partner in crime? No. Uh, so I think it'll have to be somebody else. Well, Dusty. Yeah, I'll also say no. I think we got a question about this later as well, but mm-hmm. I will say no. I have no. I mean, Zimmer's what. Uh, mid sixties at this point, I think get a consulting gig out in Colorado. He's checked out. Yeah, yeah. That man, he's he's had kind of a hard life anyway. I can imagine he'd be like, "Listen, I can consult about football and then just talk about it, but I don't have to be there. Like, just 
being grouchy all the time and probably maybe he'll come back. Load. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Maybe, maybe he'll come back, but yeah, I, I, I get the feeling he might just kind of be out at this point and I don't know that I want him back. Yeah. And I think we, we, we talked about a little earlier, like as much as I love Zim, like I would, I think he could be a really good fit. I have a hard time feeling like, I know it's a job and everybody talks about it like that. Like, but that dude was a head coach of the Vikings. I have a hard time feeling that he'd be like DC for the Packers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's my next move. I'll do that. I'll do that. Like, I don't know why, but I have a hard time feeling like that that's going to be the case. So I'd be okay with it if he did want to do it, but do you feel like that because you think he's just done, and since he's been a head coach, he doesn't want to be a coordinator. Or do you no, feel like that I don't think, because part I don't of think him still hates the Packers from being the Vikings? Coach? I think it's I like I feel like you could feel the hatred from him whenever he was playing Aaron Rodgers. Like he like the game plan against Aaron Rodgers was always like immaculate. It was like he he knew Aaron Rodgers. He knew what he could do, and so like. I feel like there is some sort of we we always joke about it because like you talk about fans and we're like oh, I hate the Vikings I can never cheer for the Vikings I can never cheer for the Bears I can never cheer for the Lions but I feel like the like the coaches and the players they intermingle they have no problem intermingling for the most part like if somebody else is bringing more money or whatever they're gonna go where the money is. I don't know, but for me, couldn't I have this. Just, couldn't that just be though, like wanting to bring his best against who he perceived as the best? I think he always spoke highly it, of Rodgers. I'm sure so he's he like, did. I want to, I want to beat this guy. Like this guy, I don't care about the Packers. I want to beat that dude right there. But I mean, he was he was at the Vikings long enough, like, and he lost to the Packers like long enough. I don't know. Like to me, I don't know. It, Obviously, this is just a gut feeling. I've, I've never talked to Mike Zimmer. Shocking, shocking. But um, it's just like the gut feeling of like, I don't think I could do that. I don't think he would want to do that. So I'd be okay if he was if he, he if he fully accepted like, yeah, I'll be DC. I'll run this thing, and we're gonna we're gonna just do everything we did in Minnesota. Like, yeah, like they ran a great defense. That would be amazing. But I just don't know if I see him doing it. And so it kind of follows us up right into the next question uh, from Matt Pickett. Who would you rather have as our next DC, Evero, Zimmer, or Leonard, and why? And his food question, what's the best thing you ate in 2023? So, Dusty, we're going to start with you. I mean, it's a tough one. Um, obviously not Zimmer, because I just said I didn't want Zimmer. Um, Evero was the dude. I mean, not just me, but like I know a bunch of people wanted Evero as DC when they hired Barry, just because of where he came from. Again, he was under Staley, but he was in charge of the – I don't think he was secondary. I think he was safeties coach. They had a specific safeties coach uh, with the Rams that Evero was in charge of. And the way those safeties played, the way they communicated, the way they uh, rallied against the run, what they asked those to do was such a central part of that defense. Uh, he seems like a very smart dude. Dude, I've heard him talk a few times. He's like a very smart dude uh, and, and clearly has done like wherever because he, he was with uh, uh, Denver and then he got fired. Now he's with Carolina and we just saw, you know, what the Packers did to Carolina. That defense has been better than any, they have any right to be uh, this year. Like they, he runs a very smart defense. Leonard, I really like just because if you listen to anyone talk about Leonard, I like those guys play hard under him and you listen to anyone talk about him, like he's running stuff that is like kind of above 
kind of where he came from. He's running very creative, uh, innovative stuff. Uh, so I'd be fine with either one of those. Uh, gun to my head, I'd say Evero, uh, just because he's been in the NFL. He's been doing it. I really, really like him. On the way that Panthers staff is going, he may be out the door. So I would say Evero. Um, I don't have – what was the – Best thing I ate in 2023, I, I have no idea, man. Um, I probably smoked some meat at some point. That was delicious. I've been doing a lot more cooking. So I'd like a, like every week I'll do some sort of street tacos. So probably some of those street tacos, like some like Southwest street tacos with like the little um, crispy onions on top or something. I'll do that. I did some of those recently. They came out really good. That sounds delicious. Uh, for me, it's going to be Evro too. And I think a lot of it just comes down to reality and what I think could actually happen. We just talked about Zimmer. You know, I think he's he's pretty checked out and he, he probably wouldn't come back and coach the Packers for all the reasons that, or, you know, coach the Packers on the defensive side of the ball for all the reasons that we already mentioned. Um, and then Leonard, I, I just, I know people want this all the time, but I just don't think it's ever going to happen. I think this is just a fantasy that a lot of Packers fans have had over the years. And that Evero is a realistic option. Like you said, Dusty, it's very likely that the Panthers clean house after this season. And he's somebody that I think has a lot of, that could bring a lot of energy and like a new refresh energy. This is a new era for the Packers with Jordan Love. You can kind of feel it this year. And I think the offense has made that shift, but I'm not sure if the defense is there yet. And having a guy like that could could kind of even the scales a little bit. Um and I think he could just do a lot of good on the culture side of things as well as, you know, what we may see him on the field um, as far as schemes and, and what they're running. And then the best thing I ate this year, um, I think I've mentioned it a, about a month or two ago, but I discovered a white chicken chili recipe that I just have been addicted to. I made, I have to refrain myself or restrain myself from making it every week because it is that good. And then when I do make it, I'll bring it for lunch for work. And then I want it again for dinner because it is that delicious. Um, so, and I'm glad I found it. It will be a recipe that continues on into 2024. When you have a 365 day a year podcast, you need to have the energy and the health to be able to provide that content every single day of the year. When I'm not feeling the best, whether that be due to illness, gut health, or low energy, it's hard to focus and it's hard to be efficient with my work. Everything is just slower and everything becomes such a grind. That's why I started drinking AG1 daily. When I started drinking AG1, I could legitimately feel a difference in my energy and I noticed I was becoming sick far less often. That's because AG1 is a foundational nutritional supplement that supports your body's universal needs like gut optimization, stress management, and immune support. Since 2010, AG1 has led the future of foundational nutrition, continuously refining their formula to create a smarter, better way to elevate your baseline health. I recommend AG1 to all my family and friends because AG1 has a team of doctors and scientists and because it is formulated based on the latest science while maintaining their high quality standards. AG1 is the supplement I trust to provide the support my body needs daily. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash packaday. That's drinkag1.com slash packaday. Check it out. Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. This year, our family had a few different ways that we did gifts for the holidays. We did some traditional presents, we donated to a variety of charities, and we planned a fun trip for the entire family. Of course, I may have snuck a gift for myself in there during the process as well, but whether or not your family gives gifts during the holidays, you still get to define how you give to yourself. A great way to do that is by giving yourself the gift of therapy. 
Therapy is powerful. It works and strives to make us the best versions of ourselves and work out the kinks of the everyday daily grind that can continue to beat us down. And during the holiday season, it's really easy to become unaligned with all the regular daily stress, plus the rigors and anxiety that come with the holiday season. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. My favorite part about BetterHelp is that it's entirely online, which makes things so incredibly convenient, and that it's flexible and can be suited to your own unique schedule. In this season of giving, give yourself what you need with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash packaday to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash packaday. Hey there. I'm sure you've heard a ton about daily fantasy sports, but I'm here to tell you that you've never experienced anything quite like prize picks. With basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 combo of three points made plus receptions. Even more fun yet, do you want to play alongside some of Prize Pick's favorite players like rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Schultz? You can now find community plays under the promos tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the Prize Picks community each week. I've had so much fun making prize picks a part of my daily fantasy sports routine. They cover all of my favorite sports, have a ton of variety and different options to choose from, and the player choices are immense. I even had a fun J.K. Scott selection the other day for the Chargers game. I recently had a big win on Saturday morning in a London game, and it just made the viewing experience so much more enjoyable. It's fun, it's exciting, it's easy, and there's a level of creativity and uniqueness about it that I really, really enjoy. So go to prizepicks.com slash packaday and use code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash packaday using code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. I, I figured you were going to say a burger with burger sauce, but. <laughs> no, gotcha. Couldn't get me there, Steve. Cookie sauce, Steve. Boo. In, your face. in my face. You're right. Burn on me. Uh, I, I think I'm with you guys. Like I, if I'm given the option, I'll take Evero. Um, I think Leonard's good. I think Packers fans way like grade way too much on the fact that he was at Wisconsin. And I think that's uh, as much as I, I think he's a good coordinator. I think he did well at Wisconsin to me, the college game and the NFL game are very, very different. And maybe he'll do well as a defensive coordinator in the NFL. Maybe he won't. I don't know. But if Jordan love and this team, this offense are progressing that the way that they are, I want somebody for the Packers who's there, who's been there and done it on some level. Like, I don't want somebody like, eh, we think this guy might be pretty good. He could be pretty good. We'll see. We'll see. Like, this isn't the time for that. Like, if you've got a young, young up and coming offense, you've got this team that's got very talented wide receivers, they've got very talented young. Uh, tight ends like man give me somebody a little bit proven a little bit proven so that's why i would say i want evero uh as far as the best thing i've eaten in 2023 i mean am i allowed to say my own chili (laughs) i am i am you're right i i I absolutely am dusty gave me a, a head nod so i'll take that as the the cheap answer 
Uh, next question we got from Chris Straw, which has to be absolutely the best question of the day. So kudos to you, my friend. Would you rather keep Joe Barry as defensive coordinator or put a toothpick under your big toenail and kick a wall? <laughs> so <laughs> clearly we don't need to answer that question, but man, Chris, uh, we had a couple of creative ones. So uh, this was to me the best one, but we'll switch it up next. We've got our good buddy, Ama Diesel. Okay. How do you feel about the Packers chances making the playoffs in spite of Joe Barry? So uh, Sarah, we'll start with you. I don't know. But, you know, I woke up this morning and I felt really good about this. I said all the Packers have to do is really win out. They have a 95% chance um, of making the playoffs if they win out. But then the more I started prepping for this episode, reflecting on the game, the more we've talked about Joe Barry, I'm like, I don't know if they can beat if they can beat the Vikings this week. I truly don't know. Um, so I'm going to say I'm 50-50 on it. I, I go back and forth. I think they can beat the Bears, um, but I am a little bit worried about the Vikings just for all of the reasons that we've mentioned. I have full faith. If offense was the only football that was being played, I would have full faith in this team that they could win out. But Joe Barry exists, and that's our reality right now. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. Um, I... I feel like one of these, like the Vikings, I'm honestly, I'm not too scared of the Vikings. I know Justin Jefferson's back, but right now it's like, I don't know, is it going to be Nick Mullins or Jaron Hall or Josh Dobbs, that quarterback? Oh, we don't know. Like, none of those are good options. All of those are bad. Uh, yeah, so but they'll I, have I mean, their best game of the season, as we've seen, according yeah, to BFF. Yeah, quite possibly. Quite possibly they will. But the thing, they, they could lose to the Vikings. I'm not overly scared of the Vikings. Um, the Bears have been playing better, uh, for sure. Like, I, the thing, I don't know that I'm super scared of either one of these. The Bears have been playing better. Uh, but I don't know that I feel good about them going 2-0. I feel like they will they will lose one of these they should win. Uh, so, yeah, I'll say I don't – I don't. it wouldn't shock me if they did, but I currently do not feel great about it. I agree. I think it's a it's – a, nothing would surprise me at this point. If they, if they lose both of them – not surprised. If they win both of them, not surprised. Like they have the talent <laughs> to win them all. They also have the coordinators to lose them all. So it's going to be a coin toss, I think for for sure. It'll be wildly interesting. I mean, very very fun stuff to see, but overall, I'm just excited. Like is we did not really think that the Packers would be in this situation. Uh, you know, to if they went out to be 95% into the playoffs. Like we all just said was, this is a Jordan Love year. We got to figure out if Jordan Love's good. They found that out. He's a good he's a good quarterback. Don't know if he's great. Don't know if he's going to be exceptional yet. But you figure that out. They get rid of Joe Barry and uh, keep some of these guys that they got a, on defense, man. You, you might be cooking with gas. So uh, should be fascinating stuff. Next question, Jen Wright. <laughs> I think this is a little bit more tongue-in-cheek, but I'm not sure. Do you think Leroy Butler is interested in coaching the safety room just because it's Lambo Leap Remembrance Day? So, <laughs> Dusty, what do you think? Is Leroy Butler ready to come and save the defensive <laughs> coordinating job or, you know, the we safety talked, job? So we talked about this a little before we started recording. If you – anytime you see – 
Leroy Butler. If you see him, he'll do like some stadium tours. He'll do a bunch of TV spots. He's got like his weekly breakdown thing with Spoon. Whatever he's doing, that man's happy and smiling. And you want to beat him down by stuffing him in a coach's room? Beyond that, beyond because I don't if he's ever coached, has not been NFL level. I don't believe. Beyond that, you want to take this beloved Packers icon and make him do something that could potentially get the fans to hate him, hate him. No, no, listen, no, listen. I don't know if he's interested in coaching. I feel like if he would have interested in coaching, he would have done it by now. I just keep, keep that joyful, joyful man out of the Packers coaches' rooms, please. I mean, yeah, it's prob- like- probably part of it's coming from uh, Al Harris being so good too. So, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I take Al Harris in a heartbeat for the record. <laughs> <laughs> this though is like when you go on when someone goes on reality TV. And they get an angel edit and everyone in America falls in love with them and thinks that they're the greatest person on earth. And then they go on the spinoff of same reality show and they get a completely different edit and everybody hates them and turns on them. This is what I could see happening right now. Everybody loves Butler. He comes back, plays a different role and everybody could turn their back and suddenly forget the the legacy that they've left. Um, So yeah, I don't think, I think, he, he should just keep doing what he's doing. He, he seems like a very joyful person, and I worry that that would go away if criticisms followed. Just an old man clarification for everybody listening. What the hell is an angel edit? Well, I'm just like, there's people that go on reality TV, and they always have villains and the good people on the show, but it's all fake. Okay. It's all edited. So well, yeah. it's just like if you get a good edit. Oh, yeah. so out of the out of the hundreds of hours of tape you take, you edit yeah. one person to only show their good moments. That would be the angel edit. Oh, okay, got it, yeah. got it, got it. I was just curious. Like, I don't watch reality TV at all, so I don't, I don't know. Yeah, and then there are some people where they just only take the bad because they have to create a, a villain, sure, and that yeah. people can hate. And th- okay. this is what happens: someone got who it. you know everyone views very positively could then dip their toes back in the water of the same world. And, and it could be a completely different result. Okay. All right. Next one, we got Prosthetic Soul X. <laughs> this also is competing for one of the best questions that we got this week. Uh, why hasn't FBI? Why hasn't the FBI arrested known football terrorist Joe Barry? I mean, it's a valid question, guys. It's a valid question. But we will skip on to the next one. Uh, Spencer wants to know how much of an indictment is it on Lafleur? as an offensive-minded coach to continue to see how easy it is to exploit a Joe Barry defense and do nothing about it. So, Sarah, I think we talked about this a little a little bit last week, so we're going to we're going to let Dusty tee off. Like I feel like this is a very dusty <laughs> yeah, he's clearing clearing his throat already, so this is very dusty uh centric and we'll let him uh, have his his pedestal couple things else. one of these is this is a thing i mentioned earlier that's like these questions is it's an unanswerable question it's it's something unknowable in the universe this was a huge talking point when the floor was was hired that was like the power structure in green bay because it's it's whatever it's mark murphy it's brian goodigans it's matt lafleur and they would all be like answering to murphy and at the time it was this oh this is going to ruin the packers and then it's just been it, it's not really talked about because we don't really know Who's in charge of what? How much is Murphy has his hands on this stuff? How much is Gutekunst? We don't know. So a lot of this, like, all of the hate, is it a fireable offense for the floor to keep Barry on? First of all, no. I don't I don't believe it is. But second of all, 
do we know that's LaFleur? Is this, listen, listen, it's Mark Murphy. I'm not saying this is on Mark Murphy, but I'm saying what could potentially be happening is since year three, it's the last year of his contract. We don't want to have to pay someone else a DC salary for these past two, these last two games. Like we simply don't want to do it. Weather the storm. You get through this last year, Barry, we let him go. We get someone else. This is a business decision that comes from someone higher than the floor, but the floor is the man because Murphy doesn't have to go on every single week multiple times and talk about the team. He doesn't have to answer questions about Joe Barry. Gudikins doesn't have to make himself available to the media to answer questions about Joe Barry. Matt LaFleur is the face of this. So he will get all of these questions about like Joe Barry. And then Matt LaFleur eventually ends up getting testy because why wouldn't you? And especially why wouldn't you if the decision is coming from someone above you and then you can't make them look bad and you also don't want to make your players look bad. So you kind of have to take the heat and then you get a little testy. So I'm not saying that's what's happening. It's an alternate view of what could potentially be happening because we don't know what the power structure is. Like it could be, he could have said, for all we know, the floor before the season is banging the table going, we cannot keep Joe Barry. I want him out of here. And Murphy's like, no, we can't. We're not doing that. He's on last year of his contract. We've got a young team. We're throwing this out here. We're going to see what happens and you'll get a new DC next year. Like that's fine. So I think putting a lot of this on the floor just in general is unfair uh, simply because we don't know. We, we, we don't know what kind of who's, who's calling the shots, what he's responsible for. And also, I mean, We've seen LaFleur's game plan. We've seen him as an offensive play caller, as an offensive play designer, uh, as someone who is bringing along the youngest offense in the league. I think we've got it pretty clear. Like Matt LaFleur is a good offensive coach to say, to say like, oh, it's an indictment on the floor. He's clearly not a good offensive coach because like he's got to go up against Perry's defense, all of that. He's clearly a good offensive coach because we've seen him be a good offensive coach on the NFL field on Sundays. Like I don't think it's an indictment on him at all. Um, I think if LaFleur is the dude behind Joe Barry sticking around, that is a very bad decision uh, that he should, he should not be caping for Barry that hard this far into this. Um, I, I simply am not willing to just accept at face value that the things that LaFleur says in his press conference are hundred percent, the truth. And that LaFleur is hundred percent behind every single firing and, and hiring decision uh, at the Packers. Okay. Done. You good? You good? I'm good. I think I'm good. I was checking to see if I had anything else. No, I think I'm good. I think I'm good. I mean, I, I I think I agree with you. I think it's fascinating, like, to watch the whole dynamic play out. I, the The only thing I have questions about is when he is being asked about the defense. It's happened the last two weeks. Where he's like, "What's going on with the defense? What like what like what's going on?" And he figures out a way to blame the offense for it. Because it ultimately comes back on him. That's one. I think that's one of Lafleur's faults. Is that I don't know about faults because I don't think it is a fault. But one of the things he will do too much is he will put too much of the blame on himself. He will deflect too much of the blame around everything else and put it back on him. And as a head coach, I mean that does fall on him. The failures of the team fall on the head coach. Like that's the way this works. That's a job he signed up for. But when he but when he'll say stuff like that, where it's like a again, that's like the at the podium and what does he mean at the yep. podium? Yep. When he said when he puts that back on the offense, you could like it, it's it's and even I, like at the moment when you hear that stuff, it's eye rolly. It's like yeah. Dude, what you, like you just put up 30 points. Like yep. the, the offense 33. looked good with, you know, Jones was out there, but Dylan clearly was on 100% because of the thumb. He's not out there a bunch. Watson still has not been out there. You lost Wicks halfway through the game. You got Bo Melton, like, doing some nice things for you. Like, you, you, the offense, offense was clearly not the issue here. So when you hear stuff like that, at yeah. first it's eye-rolly. And then if you think – if I think about it a little bit more, then it becomes this, like – He's he's putting that back on himself, which again, yeah. he doesn't want to come out and say again on Christmas Eve, 
Jamari stinks. What do you want me to say? Defense sucks. Yes, they're bad. I know they're bad. Like he's going to be fired at the end of the year. He can't say that. And so to deflect blame, put on the offense, put it back on himself where he feels that a little harder anyway. I mean, he could say that. He could. And and listen, (laughs) a lot of people would love it. But then when you're hiring the next DC, it's like, hey, what about when you said your DC sucked? You can do that to me? No, buddy. No, no, I'm never going to do it to you. I mean, on that level, you could be like, did you see what Joe Barry did for three years? Like, yeah, he <laughs> needed to be called out at the end of the time. Like, that that was deserved. Like, if you suck for three years and you still have a job, you're going to get called out for it. I think that's fair. Not publicly at the point. That's just not LaFleur's way. If he do, wants to do that in the offseason, he will. But I don't. he's just not going to do that. He will, he'll deflect until he can't uh, deflect anymore. I think that's fine. all that is. Fine, 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 fine. Love having you back, by the way. Appreciate it, man. <laughs> Appreciate it. All right, Sarah, we're going to start with you on the next one. Ed Stack, uh, one of our good buddies, he's got some prop bets that he wants for the next for the Vikings game. Wants to know what we think about it. Packers will have at least uh, one three and out in each quarter. Rashawn Gary will have at least 1.5 sacks. Carlson will make all field goals and extra points attempted. That's a bold one there, Ed. And he wants to know if we're with him. Uh, his food question, what's your preferred adult beverage to toast the new year? Bubbly, beer, whiskey, or something else? Yeah, Ed, love you and appreciate all the support and questions, but I'm not with you on this. I don't think that any of these things are going to happen. Um, I think that the Packers will have at least one quarter Uh, where they're very consistent, they're executing well. It'll probably be a short quarter where there's a drive that eats up a lot of the clock um, and that they will look really good and there won't be three out. Um, I think Gary will only have one sack and (laughs) Carlson making all the field goals and extra points. No, feel least confident about that. So, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to fade you here and I'm going to (laughs) pick everything else. Um, and then as far as um, preferred adult beverage to toast the new year, really the only thing I drink that I like to drink is sangria. So I imagine that on New Year's night, that will probably be the beverage that is in my hand. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I like Sarah's answer. I don't have a lot to add. I mean, Carlson has had games where he's made every extra point in field goal, but I certainly did, wouldn't feel good betting on that. Not so. recently. Not yeah, not recently. Um, three and out in each quarter. We've seen games where the Packers have had like one possession in the quarter, so I don't feel great about that. And yeah, Gary's been he's had some pressures, but his sacks have been quiet. Yeah, I'm with you, Sarah. I don't think I feel good about any of those. Uh, but good luck, Ed. Uh, maybe fade <laughs> fade those. Maybe tell fade us, all. Tell those. us if if we're wrong. I mean, that'd be it'd be great at least on two out of the three if we were wrong. But yeah. I'd love it. Yeah, if they're all – yeah, I was going to say, if two of the three were right, that'd be great. Um, and then, yeah, I'll just – for a preferred adult beverage, I will probably just drink a beer. Just just a beer. I brought home some uh, some Moon Man the my last trip to, to nice. Wisconsin, so I may have me a Moon Man. Sure. Yeah, I think uh, the only one I might agree with Ed on is uh, I'd take the Rashawn Gary maybe two sacks. Like, I, I can see that happening. Like – He's been known to have a game like that here and there, and it's been a minute since it's happened. So wouldn't shock me if he came away with two, two and a half sacks on the game. And so Carlson, no, not buying it. I'm a little bit worried about the kid. Uh, don't love what's going on. I know, you know, high snap on one of them, but still. And then three and out in each quarter. No, I'm not. Uh, maybe that's just me not wanting to buy into it. But no, the fact like, 
this offense has been doing well, and I anticipate them doing well against the Vikings defense for whatever it is and figuring out ways to get a first down here and there. So uh, preferred adult beverage. I'm not drinking at all, but I do um, do like a nice tall glass all full of ice with, you know, a San Pellegrino or a Perrier and then uh, some fresh lemon juice right in top of it and that's a nice little nice little drink nice little drink so uh next one we've got if you had seen in love last year what you've seen this year would you have sat broken thumb 12 obviously playing poorly to let 12 gain experience and progress didn't the packers see that every day in practice sarah we'll start with you would I have liked to do that? Yes. Do I think Aaron Rodgers would have allowed that to happen? Absolutely not. So as much of a smart move as it could have been uh, to give Love even more of a head start, I just don't think with Rodgers in the building, it was a risk that they were willing to take. And it's really as simple as that. I think so if if we're taking this as a uh, Rodgers won't physically fight me, uh, would I do it? Like, yeah, absolutely. If he looks now, but I mean, that's the the other thing is we don't know what he was showing in practice last year. Um, if he and even this year he had he had a lull kind of in the middle of the season, even in games where he was not looking great, and there's a lot of questions about him. And it really wasn't until somewhat recently that he started playing a little more consistently. And even that, it feels like a little tenuous at times. Uh, so I mean, I think the answer is like, yeah, they should have sat him. For, for Rodgers, like all things being equal, if he was looking good at practice, they absolutely should have sat him. Rodgers wasn't going to let that happen. But even if I could have and said, you need to sit down three games, I we don't I don't know if love was as far along. And again, if it was kind of that middle stretch, even of this season, it, it wasn't like a slam dunk. We know we've got a dude who can do some nice things there. So I don't think that answered any part of that question now that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> I think it's a very fun, interesting question to, to you know, pontificate and, like, look back at and be like, well, I might, maybe, like, he's good now. So maybe we should have – maybe the Packers should have gone to him while Aaron had a broken thumb and wasn't playing well. Like, yeah, absolutely. It's something to consider, but it feels like it's a, a hindsight type of question where you can look back at it now and be like, well, Jordan's playing really well. Like, as Dusty said, he had, he had a, a lull, and that's what we all kind of anticipated from the season. Ups, downs, learning, and, and understanding how to be an NFL quarterback while playing as a starter. Like, that was what needed to be learned from this season. And I'm sure there would have been some good moments last year. There would have been some rough moments last year. And, I mean, it would have been fascinating to watch, but... Like Sarah said, I have no doubt that Aaron Rodgers would have been like pounding on Brian Gutekunst's door, like, what are you doing? I can still throw the football. This is not happening. So the Packers did, they were in a delicate dance with Aaron Rodgers and trying to figure out how to make that whole situation work when it wasn't working. And so they did the best they could. And now they're, I feel like, in a pretty decent situation. So I think it worked out as well as humanly possible. Next question. Uh, <laughs> Billy Bitcoin. Are we sure LaFleur is good at hiring people? No, we're nope. not sure. No. 
<laughs> and he's even worse not. at firing no. them. <laughs> I mean, it's bad. Nope, that's about all we need. That's about all we need. Uh, next up, we got Brian Hart said, uh, we started the season knowing the team is very young and we needed to see if Jordan Love was a franchise quarterback. What has surprised you the most about him? And his food questions start, sit, cut, Cheetos, Fritos, and Funyuns. Dusty, let's start with you. Like what surprised me most, honestly, some of the stuff we talked about for this game has been some of his blitz stuff that he's done. Because he's, I mean, he's a gunner. Like we knew that he will take chances downfield. I thought the deep ball would come along a little better than it has, although that's been getting better, I think, as the season's gone on a little bit. Uh, the processing, I think we knew based on what we saw that that he would be at the very least like good at that. Um, the accuracy was a question. Some of that's been cleaned up. But I think in terms of like how fast some of the processing has been, and his knowledge of the of the offense, I think, has surprised me. I thought he'd be good. Um, I didn't think he'd be this good against the blitz, especially off of some of the stuff we saw early in the year. So I think I think that has surprised me. Um, kind of as he's as he's grown this season. The starts at cut. So cuts easy for me. I'll cut funnions. Um, I've not liked funnions since I've been in middle school. Um, so I will cut them. Start sit. I. I'm going to go start Cheetos. Uh, kids have been getting some Cheetos lately. I forgot how much I enjoyed Cheetos, and then I'll sit Fritos, even though I could flip that because this time of year, get some Fritos and chili. You know what? I'm flipping that. I'm going start start Fritos, sit Cheetos now that I think of it because you can do more with the Fritos. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and take that. I, I do have a question. As far as your Cheetos go, are you the crunchy or the puff ones? Oh, crunchy. The puff ones huh. I I like better than I thought I did, but the, the crunchies are they're not bad. Favorite. They're not bad. Crunchies yeah. are like there's crunchies there's no really crunchy. Like crunchy is superior. Oh, without a doubt, yeah. Hundred percent. Um, I can go backwards on this because I have the same answer as you. Uh, start Fritos, sit Cheetos, cut Funyuns. Um, and for me, Fritos get the start because I put them in my sandwiches. Um, I think that they're the best chips that you can put in your sandwich. So that just automatically elevates them. Dusty's giving me the thumbs up. I feel very proud um, like that he supports me in this moment. Steve, it uh, looks so like you're about as to comment. To, as opposed to like potato chips in your sandwich? Yes. I, I mean, I <laughs> put potato chips in my sandwich, but I think that Fritos, if I had to pick any sort of chip at all Do to put in my crunchier? sandwich. they is that what your thought process behind it? I'm just curious. The little thicker the, the flavor in it is usually. Yeah, thicker. Yeah. It's the salt, the flavor. I don't know. It does something. It, it's really good. It's my okay. top choice if I'm putting yeah, any type Steve, of. I try think it I've out, only report. Yeah, back. I might. I, yeah. I've never. I know I've never put Fritos into a sandwich before. I've done like when I do a peanut butter and jelly, I will put like the Lay's potato chips, and that one always slaps for me. So I yeah, love if you just that, make like a I've turkey never, sandwich. Put Fritos in okay. it, elite, okay. yeah. absolutely okay. elite. Um, and the thing that has surprised me most about Jordan Love um, is just his poise. Um, you know, this is you know, Steve, you, you said it well. The Packers had, were in a delicate dance with Aaron Rodgers, and I think coming out of of that dance and just all of the pressure um, and the expectations, not only have we seen poise on the field, but have seen an, an incredible sense of maturity and poise off the field of how he's really as a leader of the locker room managed this transition um, and just kind of let his play do a lot of the talking. Um, and, you know, there were moments where there were doubts and rightfully so, but I think the consensus across Packers fans and most of the national media right now is that Jordan Love is the guy and that the Packers should move forward with Jordan Love um, and that he has 
pass the, the his first test, um, that at least for you know the foreseeable future, he will be the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers and is more than capable of doing that and that they can continue to build a team around him. Um, and I think that takes a lot. It takes a very mature and poised person to be able to handle all that pressure and just kind of focus on what you need to. So that has definitely surprised me because he is so young. Um, and you don't see that a lot from even some of the most experienced quarterbacks to be able to keep their head like that, especially in the in-game situations. Yeah, I mean, I think you guys really described it quite well. Like, I, I love what you just said too, Sarah. Of like, sometimes we forget how young he is. I think maybe maybe it's me, but it's you know he's been in the in the league for four years now, and you're you, you start talking about it, like. Okay, but it's still his first year as a full-time starter, and he is still learning the position. Like he's he had a great mentorship from Aaron Rodgers. That's amazing. That's huge. And the Packers did that. For, they they handled on some level that transition very well. And seeing what he can do, I think. I mean, I love what you said, Sarah. It's just from a younger player you don't see that very often how well he handles the media but the in-game situations he doesn't lose his cool he's not throwing tablets he's not throwing helmets he's not yelling at his wide receivers or tight ends like you see him processing and figuring things out and under and starting to like learn from his mistakes so to me it's it that's been one of the biggest things that you know we've seen from him and then the food question starts to cut. I'm going to just go Cheetos, Fritos, and Funyuns. So I like all three of them. I think Same. they're all they're all very good. But, you know, Cheetos are, to me, are like next level. Um, and then Fritos are good. They've got multiple different uses. But I can eat a bag of Cheetos by themselves. I don't often eat a bag of Fritos by themselves. So that would be my only stipulation between the two next question totally not renee uh we've got um anywho we're winning out <laughs> we're sneaking into the playoffs and we're losing 51 to 45 bye bye barry uh he wants to know who's this year's version of the 2009 cardinals uh so another elite question about joe barry but uh, sarah who who's this version of the cardinals I don't know. Probably the Eagles at this point. I feel like they'll just Jalen Hurts will just chuck it down to somebody, break all of our hearts. Their defense, they have some dogs and could could absolutely just crush the Packers. They're also a team that's been really up and down, especially in this last stretch here. Um, so they could continue to be up and down if they played the Packers and then just remind us, oh yeah, we're the Eagles and, and, and put a dagger through our hearts. So if I had to guess it may be Philadelphia. Yeah, I would say, and I was trying to look this up a little bit cause I kind of forgot. Um, I would say it's, I mean, whoever gets the two probably, whether that's the Eagles or the Niners, I mean, the Niners, there's been so much history there, and that's the thing with the Cardinals. Like, there wasn't a lot of history with the Cardinals and Packers. At yeah, that point. I feel like the Niners would just crush the Packers too. Like, well, I, and that I don't was know. the thing I don't with the kind of the that. Cardinals too at the time. Like, the Cardinal, I the kind of thought like the Cardinals were were doing well. What they were ten and six in 09. Uh They were, I don't, know, I might say the Rams honestly, because the Cardinals were not the favorite <laughs> that year. 
I don't think they're going to meet them in the first round, but the way the Rams are playing, I mean, really, okay, so we saw them with Brett Rippon in the rain. The way the Rams have been playing with Kyron Williams back, with Stafford fully healthy, with the line, the line playing the way it has been, like, they're rolling, dude. Like, they're looking really good, and they're a team that I think and they're not going to win that division, but they could su- surprise some people. So I don't think the Packers will meet them in the first round, but if you're looking for a team that's kind of like, I think, maybe how the Cardinals were viewed in 9 I don't. I don't think the Rams would be that far oh. off. Interesting. Interesting. I think I would have said. Interesting like, is different than what your face was telling me that you were feeling as I was talking about that. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> 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 um, I mean, you're right. I know the the Rams are playing better, but still, I don't know if I, I fully like. I don't know if I fully put the Rams as putting up 51 points on the Packers. Like, I guess that number stood out to me. And so I was, I was thinking about the NFC and who could do that. And especially right out of the gate, especially the Packers sneak in as a seven seed. Then I'm thinking it's going to be the 49ers. Like the Niners seem like the most logical pick as much as, as much as, you know, Brock Purdy played horribly last night or Monday night. when you're listening to this, um, it doesn't mean that Kyle Shanahan is going to lose faith in him to be his quarterback. Like they, they consistently put up big points. They, they, they've got weapons upon weapons upon weapons. Like if somebody's going to boat race the Packers in the playoffs, like, <laughs> I mean, uh, history gives you that it's going to be the 49ers. So, all right, guys, we got one more question. It's a fun one. Uh, I don't know, actually not really fun, depressing, probably the better answer, but it's from Dave Hahn. He says, you're the head coach of the Vikings of the Bears. Uh, for fun, each of you can take one, so we'll even throw in the Lions here. But it's third down, and, you've, and you're five yards outside of the kicker's field goal range. Would you rather be facing third and one to three, third and four to eight, or third and nine plus yards to go uh, against the Packers, obviously? And then his food question, what's your beverage you'll be toasting? All right, we talked about that one already. So, um, yeah, if you're facing the Packers' defense and it's third down, you need five yards to get in field goal range to win the game, Sarah, what's your preferred down and distance? I'm going third and four and eight. I feel like this is any time that it's third and sort of long uh, for, against the Packers, it's kind of a guaranteed first down. Um, it, it's just, it's tough to watch. Um, and I think this is also, you know, if you're five yards out, um, of your kicker's field goal range, this is also a pretty safe range to at least pick up the five yards that you need, uh, to feel somewhat confident about the kicker hitting a game winner. Um, but most likely you're going to get more than that, um, (laughs) and against the Packers defense. So it, it is quite comical to watch this. So I'd go right in the middle there. Say, listen, man, if I'm the head coach of the Vikings or Bears and I know what my history is with kickers, I want the first down. I want whatever gives me the easiest route to the first down. I don't want, oh, I can get five yards and I kick a field goal. I don't want that. I want the first down. Um, I'm going I'm going third and one to three uh, because I feel good about my running game against that run defense. Uh, and then you, you go for the kill. You go for the closer field goal. I don't want an edge of range field goal with my kicker if I am the Chicago Bears, which is probably what they will do because it's Matt Aberflus. But that's what I'm doing. I'm going for the first down. I do not care about the field goal. I'm going for the touchdown, I guess I should say. I just want to keep the chains moving. 
I mean, I think I'm with Sarah. Uh, if it was first or second and it was like nine or plus yards, then I'd take that option. Uh, for some reason, <laughs> Joe Barry has no problem giving those ones up. But if it's third down, five, six, seven yards to go, I have no doubt in my mind that Jair Alexander, Eric Stokes, Valentine, Valentine, whoever it is is playing cornerback, they're going to be 12 yards off. And so <laughs> I'm going to run a little six-yard hitch and <laughs> have a little easy completion and then be completely fine with the field goal. So I think that would be my option. So, guys, that's all the questions we got. Thank you, uh, as always, for all the questions. They were a lot of fun this week. Uh, I know there were a lot of Joe Barry-centric ones, but uh, I have a feeling those will probably continue for next week or so. But uh, before we get out of here, Sarah, got any closing thoughts for us? Yes. So I know that we are sort of the foodie Packers podcast um, that that's become our, our reputation over the years. Um, and over the Christmas weekend, my mom had got a bunch of cookies from uh, local bakers and uh, people that are selling cookies. And one that she got was a chocolate chip cookie. And on the inside, when you bit into the cookie, it was a brownie. And it was the best thing I've ever eaten in my life. And I've had to refrain myself from from eating multiple every day. And now there's only like two left and I'm getting really sad. Um, but if anyone has ever made these cookies or knows how to make them and has a good recipe, please DM me because I need these in my life more. We, we've talked about the, the cookie dough brownie Oreo one before, right? Mm-hmm. But this yes. is literally, it's like the outside looks Perfect. like a chocolate chip cookie. You bite into it, and then it's just a brownie, like a thin brownie in the inside. It's so good. How th- how thick is this cookie, then? Like, it question. looks like a normal chocolate chip cookie, like that you okay. would just get. And just so at a first, thin layer brownie? Okay. Yeah, at first I thought, oh, it's Dang. a chocolate chip cookie. And so I pulled one out, took a bite. <sighs> Mind blown. It was, I, I I didn't even know because when I first tried it, my mom was at home and I'm like, what is, what is the inside of this? It is so good. It is delicious. And as soon as she got home, I'm like, what, what is inside of this cookie? It is the best thing I've ever eaten. All right. Well, Sarah needs some, some, uh, yeah, recipes. I, I need some recipes cause I need to make these or figure out how to acquire them. <laughs> Yeah, and just, yeah, just send it to me and Steve, too. Just send the yeah, recipes to me and Steve. For, again. Just, yeah, for just, just, just for funsies. Just for funsies. Science. If you would, please. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for science. Exactly. Dusty, what about you? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. appreciate you guys. And then I know Monty and, and Dan uh, took a week as well when all of us were out. But, uh, you know, appreciate uh, you guys carrying on while I was out. I uh, love listening to you guys every week. I had a couple times where I was like, I wanted to chime in. I was like, oh, crap, they recorded this already. I cannot chime in here. So it's fun <laughs> listening to you guys. I'm happy to be back. Um, well, again, apologies for my voice. Um, I was gone for reasons I will not get into here, but I'm, I am happy to be back. Uh, and, yeah, as far as my weekly stuff, I'm – Still trying to figure out exactly how much of that I'm going to be able to do this week between uh, holidays and uh, illness, <laughs> well, just lingering illness. Uh, I'm trying to find where the time is to do this stuff. So hopefully I'll have something on Cheesehead TV today or tomorrow, and then uh, hopefully something with Kuhn today or tomorrow. And then I, I don't know. We'll just figure out stuff from there. But I've got everything kind of marked up, ready to go. I'm just looking for time to write. But uh, definitely be uh, happy to be glad with you guys. Um and then also just I was just kind of thinking, man, like we've only got a couple weeks left of the season, perhaps. 
Like, it's just ridiculous. Like, it feels like we just started not long ago. We are coming down towards the end here. Even if they make the playoffs, even if they make an improbable run, we're down to the end. So it's, uh, I don't know. It's good to be back talking about football for the past past few weeks, uh, these these next few weeks at least, and see where everything leads us. But uh, but yeah, it's been been fun. And I'm just happy to announce that Sarah and I were totally right, and Dusty loves eggnog. We Love knew eggnog. it, we called it, and we had. The only question I do have is, do you have one of those like um, the mugs with the moose with the antlers from uh, Christmas vacation? No, no, uh, I don't. Okay. I, I actually did see some this year, and I almost bought them. And I was like, I don't know. At least where I know what to get you for cabinets. Christmas next year. I got it for next year. I got yeah, I'll, I'll I'll build it. I'll make sure I have a display case between now and then, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate it, but uh, thank you guys for listening. We absolutely love it. Uh, happy holidays. Thank you. Uh, crazy again that the at the end of this year, we're sitting here thinking about how many people download this this podcast every single day of the year, like millions of downloads uh, per year. It's insanity. Insanity from where we came from. So thank you guys so much. Make sure you continue to follow us on Twitter. That's Dusty, at Dusty Evely, at Sarah Keller 4 at Steve Perhatch and at Packaday Podcast. We will be back next week, hopefully talking about a Packers victory over the Vikings. And as always, go Pack Go! Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.